All right, guys. Welcome back to another call. I uh, I know it's Valentine's Day, so um, uh, I'm sure that that today's call is not uh, probably the best time for everything that everyone has going on. Uh, so I did want to at least come on and give you guys some sort of some sort of valuable tip or information when it comes to strength training, um, fitness coaching, selecting uh, a proper workout routine or or dietary choices, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I wanted to, to talk a little bit, I, I'm better at selecting topics that are more pertinent with real life and what's recently happened. So uh, I'll, I will share this from a client call that I had last night. Um, this guy, the, the topic, the title, I guess, of the topic that I wanna cover today is more of um, don't try to fit square pegs in round holes. Okay, what I mean by that is if you are, um, let's say you, you're struggling with some inconsistency in your, your fitness routine, right? One of, the, one of the big factors that plays into that is a, uh, an involvement in activities or exercises that you hate, right? Whether we want to come out and admit that out of the gate, or if it's kind of one of those things that has to be pulled out of us, like pulling teeth, is if we are trying to force ourselves into a mode of exercise that we hate, we're not going to stick with it. We're going to find every excuse in the book to try and get away from it, shy away from it, or justify why other things are more important, right, than taking care of our own health. Being that, that this group is pretty forward-thinking, very much um, not just seeking resolutions for existing issues, but wanting to also stave off and prevent future recurrences or future instances of potential health risks that might eventually really cost our livelihood uh, and ultimately our lives if we're not careful. It still doesn't make us immune to the fact that we can often struggle with implementing a consistent fitness routine into our, our daily lives and, and weekly routines. Now, a prime example of this, let's say I've got, I've got a private uh, client that I have been working with since the end of July, right? And so, so a little context about what's going on with this guy. He is a, uh, he's a triathlete, okay? He's a triathlete. He has been um, involved in at least at least three, sometimes four um, races a year, right? That he and his wife enjoy doing. So he's, he's very much involved in uh, biking, swimming, and, and running, right? Those are his, his big things. And if he's not doing all three in a triathlon, then he's doing at least one of, of those other three uh, exercise modes as a form of race, right? Like that's his motivation. He needs a deadline in order to stay consistent, right? He needs an upcoming race in order to stay consistent. Well, here's the issue is that at this point in time leading up to it, um, he was, so he's a, he's a shorter guy. I, I want to say off the top of my head, he can't be any more than like five, six to five, eight in stature. Um, as a result though, he was, he was hovering around, you know, 188, 190, which, which for him made him very, 
self-conscious because he knew he was very fit, right? Great cardiovascular fitness, but his body was not what he wanted it to be, right? He felt like he was doing everything right. And um, for some reason, his body, especially his, his midsection was just carrying a lot of fat, right? And so that's, that's oftentimes some, some sort of the, the reprogramming that has to take place when it comes to exercise interventions and selecting the right one for our goals. So all, all three of those, those uh, components of a triathlon, right? Running, cycling, and swimming. Typically, those are all the three go-tos that we want to select when we're wanting to lose some belly fat, right? We're wanting to change up our body composition and, and get more toned or get more lean. And those are the three that we go to. Well, this guy is one of the prime examples as to why that those are not effective fat loss methods, right? So here's what we did, right? He'd come to me very frustrated, very upset, and just felt like if I'm doing everything right and I'm feeling like I can't lose the weight that I want to lose, I can't lose the body fat that I want to lose and look like a triathlete, then what the hell do I do next? Like what, what is going to work for me? Right. So, um, he, he'd finally gotten in touch. He said he'd been thinking about it for a long time. He finally got in touch. And so we talked about some things a little bit and, uh, a few things stood out to me. Right. And so hopefully you can identify these if they're present in your own existing, um, daily life or, uh, what, if you're at that contemplative stage of wanting to start implementing more things again, uh, that maybe you've not been doing is that um, one severely lacking in protein in his, in his diet. Um, I think he was lucky to get 60 grams of protein per day, which is severely deficient. Um, not, just, not just if you're trying to lose fat, gain muscle, uh, look more lean, uh, feel more athletic in your build and, and more healthy. I mean, just for, for general health, that is severely deficient because Protein is the essential amino acid. It is the, the building block, essentially, of many other important uh, structures and cellular processes in the body for physiological function. So meaning our ability to uh, generate new cells, right? Formulate new collagen, new, new uh, cellular um, matrix, like laying down uh, new, new building blocks, essentially, of, of new cells. Um, uh, healing, recovery, tissue repair, if we've been uh, injured, all sorts of things, right? So severely lacking in, in protein intake. And so one of the first kind of levers that we turned and knobs that we twisted um, to get things moving in the right direction for him was we need to really assess where your, your nutritional intake is. So when we broke it down, he said, so here's the thing, here's what we all think. He thought I was doing really well, right? Like I wasn't really eating super unhealthy. My wife made healthy foods. We were doing good. But when we sat down and we really audited, right? What's your, what's your daily intake, right? Don't, don't make decisions based on the fact that somebody's watching right now, but your average day, I want you to just track everything you eat and how much of it, okay? And then we're going to look up the caloric value and the protein value, especially of each of these food types and then you tell me how good you think you're doing, right? So that's what we did. And he didn't realize exactly how much he was eating out, how much Starbucks he was drinking, 
how much fast food he was ingesting and just how much the majority of his meals were focused around really carb heavy food groups. A lot of, a lot of combined meals, a lot of casseroles. So it's like all carbs, fats, a little bit of protein. Okay. So a little bit more context here. His wife and him had been somewhat of some keto zealots in the past. Uh, I know zealots, the new hot term uh, in the, in the online space. So I wanted to, to jump in on that. So that way I'm relevant, but the, the keto zealotry that's out there of just like, Hey, this worked before I got this, the skinniest I've ever been the fastest I've ever been able to do it. And so we, we've been trying to do that ever since what happened, what's happened though, since that time. So this guy said he was in fantastic, like leanest he's ever been. So Thinnest and leanest are two different things. Uh, one requires having a substantial amount of muscle mass. The other one just means that you're thin, right? Thin, a little, little bit of muscle, a lot of just, you know, skin and, and loose muscle tone, mostly still some body fat. But that's where, that's where he was at two years ago. But since then, he started reintroducing some carbs, things like that. Not only did he gain the weight, back but he's about 20 pounds on top of that he said so again laying out some context for the situation so his wife though she's still been able to keep things off right so where he's been able to where he has gained weight back she's been able to keep it off and so she's still very much in this mindset of we need a high fat diet so that's what he's been doing so he's been eating a high fat high calorie diet on top of very little protein but he's getting a lot of his, his calories now, not just from the fats, because they're very, uh, very caloric um, food groups, but uh, high calorie food groups. But he's all these, the addition of these extra carbs, right? And these extra fats in the form of the fast food, uh, going out, eating out at restaurants multiple nights a week, um, a lot of Starbucks on the way to work, right? And so it's, it's all justifiable decisions, right? It's like, well, I'm getting this instead of that. Uh, I'm in a rush. I'll, you know, I'll be able to plan out better next week when things calm down, things never calm down, right? He never really sat down and made that time, made that intentional effort to, to really be more mindful of what he's doing. So needless to say that all snowballs into him now struggling with his energy levels. He's feeling very sluggish. He hates the way he feels about his body. He hates the way his body looks. That's an impact in their marriage. That's also impacting his health. It's impacting his performance at work. And uh, it's leading into more stress. So you get in this really bad cycle. So what we did is we sat down, we, we really itemized everything, audited it. And, and so I made some suggestions. I said, one, first thing, like, uh, I think that's really sweet that your wife makes meals for your family and for you. However, you have to take ownership for your health, right? And if she doesn't want to be on board with that, then you have to figure out some strategies around what's being provided for you readily on the daily. So he was he was receptive to that, right? Like he wanted to start eating things differently than what she made. Um, she could still feel free to eat it herself, make it for her and her and the kids, but it's not working for him anymore, right? Like he had to he had to come to that realization, like what I've been doing hasn't been working. So why do I keep wanting to? think that I have to keep doing what we've been doing, but still see different results now because I'm just talking to somebody new for feedback and for guidance, right? So we really had to, to sit down and go, look, 
first honest conversation has to happen with myself. What I've been doing up to this point is not working, right? For the goals that I have, it's not working. So I have to be willing to explore alternative methods of nutritional intake, water intake, sleep habits, stress management, and exercise as a way to try and get me to being able to feel stronger, more healthy, more fit, and more proud about my body and what it can do for me because I'm struggling with a lot of things, right? And they're not all physical, but they're a result of how I've taken care of my health up to this point. So, so getting more mindful and more honest with ourselves was really step one. Um, step two was I, I wanted him to keep doing what he was doing, right? He loved those races. So I was like, look, you got a triathlon coming up. I think he had it in October. Um, so he had this triathlon coming up in October. Uh, ended up doing really well. The weather was just crap for him, but he really, he, he did very well compared to what he thought he was going to be able to do. Um, so he kept up his swimming, biking, and running. Okay. But I told him, I was like, here's all we're going to do. We're going to gradually introduce one to two. We're going to start with one strength-based training day into your routine and in, in one of your your days that you typically have a, some time available but you're not really doing any biking cycling training anything like that so he was agreeable to that kept that up for a couple of weeks started to feel really good about it said his old shoulder that he'd had surgery on it was really limited really weak really painful uh he was not able to do a lot of things with it talking about how it was feeling a lot better he was starting to feel stronger. He was starting to be able to, to do more. He felt better on his runs, his bikes, his, his swim sessions. And, um, and he was really excited. He felt that he was ready to start maybe adding a second day into it. Meanwhile, he was starting to lose a significant amount of weight because not only were we adding in just like one strength training day a week on top of days where he was running, cycling and cycling and, and swimming, but he was also really keeping an eye on how much am I eating and what am I eating? So it was a lot more, he wasn't, you know, perfect with hitting his protein targets. A lot of people were resistant to getting enough protein, right? The protein that they need to support their goals and their health and their longevity. It's just, there's some, there's some sort of mental block that we think that protein is bad. In fact, this client's wife has told him verbatim, he's got you eating too much protein. It's bad for your kidneys. One, he has a routine physical every year. Levels come out fine for his kidneys. He shows no signs or symptoms or red flags for any kind of kidney dysfunction, right? So in the absence of a kidney impairment, a lot of protein is good for you, right? Because it can be filtered out. So protein is not the bad guy. So we got to eat more protein, right? That, that was set at a amount of grams per day consistent with the target weight he wanted to be at, not where he was at currently, but where he wanted to be at, right? So that means typically less protein, less car or less calories. So then from there, we kind of uh, experimented around with a different ratio of carbs and fats. But as long as you're, you're coming in at your calorie goal, you're hitting your protein, you can mix and match. You have some flexibility between how many carbs and how many fats you're getting. Okay. So that's what we did with him. As a result, he went from 189 when we started in end of July, early August, and got down to 181 
around 180, 181, which he says he's never been below 180 in the last like eight years, eight to 10 years, I believe he said. So that was huge for him, right? But this was from early August into July to September, right? So it took him a good six weeks really to get there. And this, by that point, after about four weeks, we'd introduced two strength training days per week, but it was really focused on getting your, your, your lifting sessions in those two mornings of the week that you're able to make them work. Right. So he was doing about 40 minutes to 50 minutes and he kept up his swimming, biking, cycling, because I mean, and, and running because he's got a race coming up that involve all three of those things. So he's feeling good. And, and what had happened was I think he had gotten in terms of goal weight, he'd gotten significantly lighter in terms of, of body weight. Here's the thing though, right? So we, we hit that mark and then the race was in October. So he got really low, but what happens was around September, mid-September, then he started gradually kind of creeping back up. What was happening after that six to eight week mark? Well, he was starting to gain more muscle mass now, right? So body fat was, was decreasing and now lean mass was starting to increase. So as the scale was gradually kind of creeping back up, he was okay with it because progress picture wise week to week or the two a month that he would send me, right? I ask everybody to do it weekly, but they don't want to, that's okay. But it, you're only hurting yourself when you don't. But what he showed me and we were able to compare kind of start to now uh, at, at each moment was in time, your, your body is looking significantly different, right? Like his belly was shrinking. Right. He had like a, a significant protruding uh, stomach area and it had gotten flat. Right. He was really self-conscious about what he called his man boobs and they had gotten significantly smaller. So across the board, face, chest, gut, everything was looking a lot leaner. He's still telling me even last night, he's like, I'm I'm one notch away on my belt from being the smallest my waist has ever been as a, as a grown man. Right. As a father. And uh, so he's really excited about that. But why do I say all these things is that yes, the, the strength training program was important to support his ability to better run his race and prevent his risk of injury because it's such a repetitive nature, right? Same tissues under the same load in the same directions over and over and over again without getting sufficient protein is a, a really big increased risk for breakdown, right? At some point, it's just, it's bound to happen. It's going to get some sort of overuse, uh, situation there. So we balanced all that out. And so he was still being really active outside of the gym. He was really being not perfect, but at least 80% consistent with his dietary intake. And he saw massive improvements. Now, what happened after that, right? Just like everybody, just like everybody that starts a fitness goal, right? You hit your goal, you cross your finish line, and then you've got no plan in place after that. Right. And that's what I like to help people with. It's all right. So we want to get you to this point, but we have to also prepare you for what life is going to need to look like after that, because without that maintenance plan in place, that next step program in place, you're going to be one of the 95% of people that gains all their weight back, gains all their fat mass back, and then some. Right. So let's stop getting on the roller coaster of fat and fit, fat and fit, fat and fit. 
And let's find a way to kind of cut out the lows and stay semi-consistent, right, across the board. So that's, that's what we've, we've tried to, to implement thus far, which he's been able to do. That's the really cool part. So since that time, uh, we're starting up actually this next week. I've got him back into running more. That's also going to help his daily step count, right? Because his daily step, step count has gone through the crapper, right? Work's gone crazy. He's gone through some some emotional stuff that's really kind of blocked his 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 brain and his emotions from being able to kind of push himself forward, right? Outside of somewhat of the comfort zone of, hey, it's colder, it's rainier. I don't want to go outside. I don't want to do anything. I'll, you know, I'll do my workouts once a week or once every other week and and I'll just blame it on being busy and stressed out. I'm not sleeping well. So all that aside, right? We understand that those things are going to happen. I understand those things are happening because I've been doing this long enough. I know that you're not going to be able to stay, you know, heads, you know, headstrong, full speed ahead for months on end, years on end. That's impossible. So it's trying to, when the lows hit, how do we mitigate how low we go, right? How do we lessen that, that trough, that valley that we go through in that season of our lives? So that's what we've been able to do, but he's ready to, he's, he's back on the upswing again, since really the start of the new year, he's, he kind of limped across the finish line, November to December. Uh, but, but he was able to do so without gaining back all the weight that he had lost thus far and all the fat that he lost thus far progress picture wise. He's not where he was in September, October, but really here's the thing. He looked his best where he felt the most proud about his body in mid December around Christmas time. Right. So all of the, that compounding interest of the effort he'd put in was continuing to work in his favor, even though he was starting to slack off in terms of his consistency of now he's no longer swimming at this point. He's no longer biking at this point. He's no longer running at this point or even getting out to walk for that matter. Uh, what he, his steps he got in happened at work and that was it. And so he's a, he's a GM of a, a dealership, but that's that's where he was at so yes being able to maintain with better dietary choices which still he was kind of christmas season holiday season he kind of saw it as i'm going to do what i want to do and i'll just maybe not do as much of it as i would have done in the past and that's fine like that's a sustainable lifestyle right it's still being able to just i want to enjoy what i want to enjoy i'm just going to do less of it Right. I'm just going to manage it a little bit better than I have in years past to not get back to where I was when I started. So we had this conversation um, yesterday and he was wanting, you know, really to, to get back into the groove that he was in where he was preparing for that triathlon. So what did we do? Well, we set the date for another triathlon, right? Because that's what motivates him best. I had to, I had to sit there and I had to think, and give him this advice, brother, what sort of program, what sort of routine do you need to be in? What does it look like in one that you really enjoy, that you really enjoy yourself in? Not just enjoying the results, but actually enjoying going through the process because we have to fall back in love with the process. And I told him, I was like, here's my thoughts, right? You need to prepare for another race right? Because you need a deadline and you need something that involves some sort of endurance training, right? That's how you kind of burn your, your fuse down. 
and and he agreed so he he's already had one in mind that he's planning but but here's here's where things are going to are going to go back in the right direction for him from a slight detour that he was on and hopefully this is helpful for you it's not trying to fit a square peg into a round hole and stay that way so after his race in october he wanted to just take a break from it he just wanted to be you know go to the gym do that kind of stuff and then retire from from racing what happened was while he enjoys going to the gym, lifting weights, doing that kind of stuff, I tried to pepper in some more cardio, aerobic endurance type of things for him. He just wasn't just wasn't able to stick with it, right? And I know a lot of that too is a mental block. But now he's got this race coming up. And I told him, I was like, look, step main thing, right? Step one, focus on your protein, right? That'll help you with your calories because you're doing okay with your calories. You're not really gaining back a ton of weight. Like if you increase, it's within a few pounds, but for the most part, being able to stay that steady while really kind of getting rid of most all physical activity is really impressive. Uh, especially over the course, like a month, month and a half span. I mean, where you go from being 80% active to being only about 20% active. That's a huge shift and it's normal. It happens, but being able to manage all the other variables along the way, uh, I think is a huge win for him. And I wanted to reiterate that with him uh, as a, as a way to kind of measure those non-scale victories. So he felt good about that and he, and he agrees, right? So if you get back in into doing more endurance-based stuff and hitting those one to two days in the gym a week where you're doing strength training, you're trying to just build up and maintain and support keeping a sufficient amount of lean muscle mass and eating enough to support that. So that way, when you're doing all this endurance activities and athlete uh, athletic stuff, you're not using all that muscle that you've gained as a fuel source, right? We want to be able to continue to focus on fat as the fuel source and uh, well, fat loss. I'll, I'll put it that way, not as a substrate utilization, but actually as a, uh, as a loss mechanism, right? As if you're looking at objective stuff, body composition change. Um, so I told him, I was like, your step count is way too low, right? Because as you lose weight, your body adapts, your metabolism adapts. It slows down because it wants to try to preserve some sort of balance there, right? You've got less weight. So by, by nature, right? You've got less fat. By nature, metabolism is going to slow because it feels like it doesn't have to work as hard anymore. So the way to counteract that and combat that natural pro process that happens is we have to continue to be active in other ways, right? Getting your steps in check, continuing to get eight to 10,000 steps a day on average every day. So he agreed to that. Um, and, and, you know, essentially you just kind of have to get to this point where like, am I ready to stop making excuses for why I'm not doing it? Right, because it, it can we can always blame our schedules. We can always blame what's going on at home. We can all I, and 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 have a valid point. But when you think about things that you really want, right, like goals that you really want to accomplish, whether that be in your business, in your marriage, in your life, whatever, you find ways to make it work, don't you? And so that's what we had to talk about. And he agreed. He's like, you know what, you're right. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna get while we were on the call. I know I heard him. He went outside. He started walking. Um, he's like, you're right, right? You know, sometimes we just need to, to refocus ourselves. So getting the steps up, prioritizing protein, you know, continuing to, to hit the gym, but really adding in a day of swimming, biking, and jogging 
running like he was doing before. So we've updated the program. He's excited again, right? Sometimes it, we need to be excited about what we're doing. We don't always love working out, but as long as it, we're doing something that is more enjoyable than something that we hate, that's how we're going to be consistent with it. And I guarantee if when I update you guys in a few months, he's going to feel fantastic again. He's going to be super consistent. As long as we hit that 80% consistent mark, um, that's that's where a lot of great things happen. So if, if there's any kind of takeaway I can give you guys from this call is that getting back to things that you enjoy doing that can be counted as physical exercise, physical activity, you're one, going to be more consistent. And two, as a result of that consistency and your enjoyment and wanting to stick with it, you're going to see better results. Um, trying to Trying to get away from what works for you is not going to work. Now, sometimes what we've been doing, right, that we enjoy doing isn't working for us 100% supporting our goals that we have for our, our health or our fitness, whatever. So that's where we have to be willing to investigate what other tweaks do I need to make and still find some enjoyable aspects to this process. That's really where the magic happens uh, for people that are able to be sustainable fat loss and weight loss maintenance type of people, right? So I hope that has been helpful um, for you guys this week as you as you review back and you think about like, what are some things I need to do, right? That are more enjoyable because as I've tried to maybe drift into this new territory, I've gotten lost. I've gotten lost in the weeds. And so getting back to what's more enjoyable, uh, it's gonna be more sustainable for you because you're gonna be more consistent. You enjoy it more and you're gonna start seeing better results just because you're doing it more, right? That's, it's really, it's, it's that easy, but it's not that simple, right? And so uh, I hope this has been helpful for you guys. And I look forward to the next call in a couple weeks. I think it's in a couple weeks. Um, and we'll catch up then. All right. See you guys.